Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. We have a very special live discussion today. I'm really excited to have this guy on. Uh, I met Seb years ago um, at a, a private event. We, we had a few people around at our, at our house with my then girlfriend at the time. We hosted a bit of a knees up around Christmas, I believe, some years ago. And Seb was one of the guests. And what Seb does is, it's fantastic. I mean, he he, he really is it's such a creative mind. Um, and the way that he thinks and comes up with these concepts to deliver out, to, to deliver to the public for us to experience, it really is quite something. For instance, uh, for those that have seen uh, the Breaking Bad series on Netflix, I mean, who hasn't? They come up with this idea of <laughs> actually making cocktails in the RV truck, uh, which was fantastic. It was a major, major hit. It got a lot of breath, uh, press coverage. Uh, another thing he did was a, on, on the theme of the Bletchley uh, having World War II, uh, cracking World War II codes to um, to get to the next stage of, of creating your next cocktail. Um, and this guy just got so many ideas. I've watched him grow and evolve over the years. Um, and I'm, I'm just really ex excited to, to bring him on. So uh, without further ado, let me bring on Seb now. Hey, Hello. Seb. Great to have How you on, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I was just telling the audience there that, um, you know, we met some years ago quite intimately, you know, at, at, my, at my house at the time with my then yes. girlfriend. And, uh, you know, I learned about what you did. And I kept, you know, we didn't, we didn't get to chat much there because there's a lot of people uh, at, at the party. But I kept my eyes on you over the years and I've watched you grow. I've watched you evolve. I've watched the entrepreneurial spirit within you, even at times like now, how fast you were to kind of come up with a solution uh, with your cocktails in a bottle. I thought it was fantastic. You know, I, I, I first of all want to have you give the opportunity, give the opportunity to, to share your story as yeah. to why you went into the direction of hospitality and what you saw in the market that currently existed and what opportunities you then saw to capitalize on. Yeah, so I think uh, for a long time, hospitality uh, uh, was quite a stagnant industry. Uh, you know, the, the consumer journey, going to a restaurant or a bar, it was uh, it, it, it was pretty benign. It was, you know, you go in, you get a menu, you, you order your food, you get your drink, you pay the bill and you leave the building. Um, and uh, for me... You know, going out uh, meant something else personally, and I was seeing that the consumer was also changing in in, in a way that the, the, the perceived product wasn't food and drink, uh, was um, fun, was having a great night out. Uh, it was not only about um, back in the day, for example, our parents would have a would have a great night out with a glass of wine and and a steak, but that was changing you could see the, the you know the consumer was bored so like um, white tablecloth scenario yeah yeah, no, yeah just yeah. Even, just just the cafe culture the the the, the speakeasy culture uh, yes. you know where you just go and drink um and the, the the real change happened when mobile phones really came into you know smartphones really became part of life which was i guess 7 8 years ago uh, when the consumer is immersed in this world 
even if even if they're out, you know, they have their phones out, um, and and they 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 need something more than food and drink to take them out of the immersion of of technology. So that mean that meant they had to do something. That meant we had to bring interaction into uh, a food and beverage environment. So that's how it all got started. Where you know, give them something to do, um, and and once uh, they get immersed in your world, they forget the world they brought in with them, and they'll have more fun. So lollipop started like that. Uh, we we started with uh, you know, ABQ, you know, a cocktail bar inspired by Breaking Bad. Where no, it was amazing. I, I remember I went I went to that one. It was awesome. Yeah. So now it's quite big in Hackney. It's got yes. you know, a couple, couple of places, and you make your own drinks basically, as if you were in a lab. Yeah. And and it's quite interesting. People do take pictures. They take their phones out. They take pictures, but they can't continue with their phones or they will not get their cocktails. So they have to make their cocktails. So, you know, we create these worlds where we take you, transport you into a, into a scene or a scenario where you want to be, but you can't do it necessarily at home, for example. So that's, that's what um, Lollipop is all about, creating these immersive, interactive bars and restaurants, not necessarily experiences, but just looking at what a bar means and what a restaurant means and changing the user journey, consumer journey. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, um, you know, for the guys that follow my work, you know, and they're looking to come up with ideas of where to take girls or where to go on dates, uh, you know, Seb's concepts are the places to go. So you, ABQ was, um, was it, would you say, was that your first one? Uh, I mean, I used to do events. I started doing events back in uh, 2011. Uh, but the proper um, a proper site was ABQ was the first one. Yes, um, yeah. and that was 2015. So it's not. It's only five years ago. Yes, and then and then the Bletchley was uh, the next one, correct? Yeah, Bletchley uh, was. Well, I'm actually sitting in that building right now. Bletchley is uh-huh. again. It's not, uh, I never say it's a World War II experience or a World War II bar. It's, it, it, for me, it's, it's a little bit more than that. It was, um, it's my take on the menu. So I don't really like paper menus. And paper menus don't really make sense to me when it comes to drinks. Because we don't know what, you know, Angostura bitters are. Most people don't, you know, give a toss. They don't really know. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard for them to... Um, understand what a drink is made of and the flavors it's got. So we looked at the menu and how can we gamify the menu? So the Bletchley is a gamification of a menu. You come in, we give you a game um, to play. And in that game, we understand what kind of flavors and and colors and, and tastes you would like in your cocktail. Okay. And based on that, we make you a drink. And, how uh, do we make it fun is we put a theme on top, which is the World War II theme. So it, as if you were a secret agent in 1940s trying to defeat the Nazis <laughs> by, by, the, by, the, by the essence of playing, by, by the virtue of playing that game, you actually help us understand what kind of flavors you like. So the cocktails are personalized to you. So it's gamification of the menu and then personalization of your cocktail, of the product you're about to drink. It was amazing because um, 
my, my girlfriend at the time was doing a lot of um, marketing for the, for, for the building yeah. you're in now, World's End Market. Right. So, so I do recall it being World's End Market. And I, I remember, uh, you, you know, because the Bletchley is in the basement of, yeah. of World's End Market for those that are watching. And I just remember it being such a hit, like such yeah, a yeah. hit. Like I swear, like you, you, were, you were keeping, when, when World's End Market were quiet, you were like keeping them going. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it was just a beautiful thing to see that um, to learn later on that you acquired the whole building yeah. and, you know, took on that ambitious project to come out of a concept with all five floors. Yeah. It's, and uh, um, admittedly, it's not one I've, I, I haven't checked out uh, the concept yet. So could you tell us a bit about that? So we, we are actually relaunching the concept on the ground floor. Um, yeah. And it's, um, it's a restaurant where you cook your own food. And okay. so we, we have developed these tables uh, where the, in, the hob is inside the stone. So you don't see the hob until you press a button and then it becomes um, um, uh, a hob on your table. So basically okay. you can eat on it, you can cook on it, you can chop on it, and suddenly it's also your hob. So we, the idea is we give you a deconstructed dish, like ABQ, basically, for food. Yeah. Um, so it's, you become a chef for, for two hours and you cook and put together your four course meal on your table with your friends. So uh, it's, why are we doing this quite interesting? Because the last three or four months, uh, you know, our behaviors have really changed as consumers. We've started cooking more at home. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 um, and, and that has given us a flavor of, um, safety and security being at home and cooking and making your own food so given the market we are in right now the consumer is still quite scared to come out uh, to have fun i mean you can see that across the board so uh, this is our attempt to create the same similar kind of an experience when you go out um, as your kitchen with your friends but also have a bit of fun in a in a more of a public social environment um, so it's Make your own food, and we'll have chefs like Gordon Ramsay shouting at you on the from the floor. So, <laughs> Excellent. So that's the idea. That's the idea that you you know it's interactivity, it's content, it's the experience, and it's food and beverage. So it's it's a multi-faceted, multi-layered um, experience. Whatever experience we create at Lollipop. Um, and that is more valuable to the consumer than the product itself. So as I said, our parents would put a higher value uh, on a glass of wine and a nice steak. Um, our consu the consumers of today put a value on content, on the experience, uh, on top of um, food and beverage. So I always say the definition of luxury has, has changed. Uh, luxury mm -hmm. is not a great glass of wine and a great dish of pasta. Luxury is... I'm getting that and I'm getting experience and I'm getting the content so I can share it with my friends all over the world, not just the friends I come with. And people are willing to pay a higher price to that. Um, so I think that the, the, our world is just changing that way that people demand more and, and, and it's not only about the food and drink. 100%. And I've been watching your comments over social media and your views on like how, why the high street is dying. And I've been looking at your answers and I think you're bang on. You're really on the money. Um, 
you know, the reason why a lot of high street stores are dying is because they're not offering a pleasant experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just we forgot what we are selling. And I think, you know, we started selling the product itself and not what the product brings. Food in itself is nothing and because it's just ingredients put together. Why do we enjoy food? It's because it brings us happiness. So what what are we actually selling? We are selling happiness, and right. everything we try and everything we try to do in our uh, when we create these experiences is create those happy mov- moments, which come through food, which come through music, which come through all of our senses, and now there is a new sense of interaction because we are stuck to our phone. As I said, we have to take you away from that immersion and create this new experience where we touch that sense of uh, interactivity uh, yeah what has been what do you what do you feel for you has been the most challenging um concept to come up with i, th- I think the bletchley is the most challenging experience because you know we promised the customers that this would be the world's first bar where no drink was made twice and that's we stay true to it you know we don't have a menu we wow yeah, we try to understand. We try to understand your taste profile and what you would like or not like by giving you a game, and in that game you smell things and taste things, and it's so it's quite a challenge for us to deliver it, for people to understand it, um, and also for the bartenders and mixologists to keep on delivering, you know, a cocktail, uh, a different cocktail every time. Um, so it's it's quite a big challenge. It's for for us. It, it was the it was the pinnacle of what we do at Lollipop uh, when we when we launched the Blessly. And something I wanted to ask you as well is um, because what I've been, I've had an, a, such a selection of different people uh, come on with different uh, backgrounds and different skill sets. And um, you know, one thing that you've done is you know you've done the one to many. You know, so and what I wanted to encourage people. Uh, through this time is to take on a bit of entrepreneurship. And so for someone that is in the restaurant game or someone that's thinking about getting into it or someone that is just just has one product or one outlet of, of, of a service or, or, or something, yeah. how do you go from the one to many? What, what, do you have a system for that? Do you have a, a trainer? What's your system? I think, look, again, we go back to the subject of what are you selling. If you're selling yeah. a pizza and, and that is your product, then you can go from one to many easily and you can scale the product you know, to a certain extent. If you're selling burgers, if you're selling chips, whatever, if it's just the product you're selling, then it's easier. If you're selling an experience or a service like we do or most of hospitality businesses do, mm-hmm. where you dine in, then you you have to think about scalability in a different way. Um, I have always been, for the last five years, the amount of uh, people who have knocked on my doors to give me money to expand, for example, ABQ into five different uh, locations in London has been many. And every time I've said no to them, because they don't understand an experience cannot be replicated just by putting it in different locations in the same city. Or Good point. Perhaps even in another city. So it'll be the death of the experience itself. If I open five Bletchleys all across London, um, nobody will come to the Bletchley. It will dilute the experience. So to expand an experiential um, or, 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 or a hospitality site where you provide more than food and beverage, you have to look at replicating 
the concept, but perhaps changing the experience. So to give you an example, not giving much away, uh, without giving much away, uh, you know, ABQ is making your own drinks. So that is like a mini cocktail class with a theme, right? So we could do another make your own drinks with another theme. It could be Dexter, right? Yeah. So that's how you scale it. You don't just put another ABQ in five locations. You look at the core values of your experience of your bar or of your whatever environment you've created. You take that and you innovate it further. Like, for example, our restaurant is cook your own food. It's the same concept as ABQ, cook your own restaurant, uh, cook your own cocktails, make your own cocktails. But it has a different environment, different music, different theme, different whatever you want to call it. So you take the basic, the, the core ethos of your, um, of your, of your business um, and then innovate it before you launch a, 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 on another site, um, on another site. That's a great mm-hmm. name, Cooking Mama. She just went, I just saw a comment <laughs> for the rest. So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that, that's how I think uh, you do it. Okay, great. And something, I, I saw one of your comments on something um, on social media as well, where you, you, you sounded like you really had your finger uh, on the pulse when it comes to people's habits. And, and you had concerns about the habits that we had now adopted through this period and how that's going to play out in the hospitality industry moving yes. forward. Yes. I mean, this is, yes. So most of the people I talk to, most of the business owners, I am quite disappointed right now uh, that the, the only response I hear from them is we'll wait and see. Uh, as if, as if miracle, as if by miracle something is going to happen and things will go back to normal. I think we need to wake up to the fact. And today, I actually, the whole day I I spent uh, just working on this aspect. I think we need to understand the world has fundamentally changed. I think our habits have already changed uh, for sure, and they will continue to change. I think. People are going to consume content, products, food and beverage, whatever it is, in a very different way. Um, and we need to reach them in a very different way. To give you an example, uh, we as a business came in with the premise that uh, local uh, hospitality, the local restaurant is dead. Right? Nobody wants to go out to the local restaurant. People want to go out to destinations. So we started creating these destinations all across London. We've got one in Paris where people traveled to go to. Mm. Uh, they became hotspots. They became hotspots for tourists coming to London. Um, all of that is gone, right? Yeah. People are not traveling across London. There are no people coming from Manchester to London to experience ABQ. There is no one coming from China to, uh, to London and happen to know that Bletchley is one of the best bars in London and I want to go there. All of that is gone uh, yeah. overnight. Mm. Uh, and what's happened is that a new breed of restaurants have just taken off. Yesterday, um, I was outside London. I was quite hungry coming back and I, 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 I stopped by a small village. And it was quite late, 9.30, 10 o'clock for a village on a Monday night. And there was this one restaurant open and I went in there and I started eating and, uh, and I was talking to the owner. And the owner was like, and I asked him, I said, um, 
how is business? And he said, never been better. And I was like, what? And I said, why, do you, why is your business never been better? You know what he said? He said, because people are not going up to London. So they're staying in the wow. town. And I was like, yes, that makes sense. So overnight, the whole business is changed. So we need to look at how we need to redefine what we do. How do we, need, how do we reach the customers? The customers are going out perhaps once a week instead of three or four times a week. The after work drinks is dead. People are not yeah, dressed yeah. up to go. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, you know how London is. You start on Wednesday and you remember your name on Sunday night. But that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is gone. So Saturday, now you have to dress up, you have to go, you have to book in advance, you can't smoke in. There's so many barriers. So people are staying at home. And outside London, for sure, you're not going to travel into London. You don't even know if the tubes are working. Like you, you, There are so many unanswered questions that you just stay in your local village restaurant. So now the game has changed. And if we don't innovate and if we don't change fast now, we will become the dinosaur of the industry, like most of the people you know, have become in the last uh, three months. We see a bankruptcy in our industry and in retail every day. Yeah. Even Boots has closed 100 pharmacies. A pharmacy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's ironic. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so we need to look at we need to look at how the consumer has changed. It normally takes 21 days, apparently, for a, for a person to change habits, and we've done three times that in the last three months, uh, and it, it's it, it's it's a very scary time for everyone, of course, but it's also, I mean, opportunity for the creative minds. And I'm not. I shouldn't really say um, that. You know, it's an opportunity for everyone because, you know, if you're a bigger group, if you've got big sites, and if you're tied into a few things, it's very hard to move away and innovate and change. But for smaller creative minds who are especially starting up right now. It's a brave new world. The consumer is ready for new things. The consumer is 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 there uh, with a less of a spending power. I I understand that, but new habits are going to be formed. So whenever you're launching a new business or new idea, you have to understand anthropology and you have to understand how consumers' habits are changing. And this is probably that pivot pivotal time when it's a you know, it, it's a clean, it's it's a clean blackboard. Just write whatever you want to write. Either yeah. you write the rules, or you will end up following them. So it's a time to think quite broadly, not just outside the box, but something, you know, something beyond that. And 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 business aside, personally for you, I mean, you know, people are talking about what lockdowns kind of allowed them to focus on. Um, you know within growth? I mean, what have, you, what have you kind of got? Has there been any sort of self-reflecting moments you've had? I mean, for me, it was actually a, a very important uh, break the last three or four months. It, it, working in hospitality is, is quite intense, quite full on. Yeah. We were, you know, it's seven days a week, 24 hours. So this kind of really gave me the time to uh, rethink and reevaluate, you know, where I want to be personally in the next three or four years, and I want the business to be um, to be doing at that time. Um, it was uh, it was a pleasant break um, for, for me personally, and and now I'm in the execution mode of actually taking the next step personally, and also for the business 
And hopefully, I think in the next two, three years, things will become much clearer uh, just generally in the world. Um, but I think, yeah, it's like, you know, when you're about to when you're about to push the pedal down, you prepare yourself. Um, and that was that was the preparation moment for me, at least. Yeah. Well, where um, where had been your like favorite places outside of obviously your own your own establishments that I you mean, I, that you I enjoyed really, to frequent? I don't really enjoy my own establishments because I'm basically because you're working them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> even even in the evenings when I come here, it's quite stressful. But yeah. you know, I like social environments. I like where people can interact with each other. I like you know, yeah. Soho House Group is is, is is great. You know, you hang out yeah. there. It's a great night. Mm-hmm. Uh, other immersive experiences, you know, some of them are done properly, some of them are done quite poorly. But uh, you know, somewhere where there's a bit of bit of a bit of a difference, and that's what we are all looking for, aren't we? Uh, yes. In work, in personal life, in in relationships, in we want something more exciting, just the normality. Nobody considers themselves normal, but in the end, we are normal in a way. And um, and you know, I mean, you especially in, in you know what you do everyone is looking for that unique butterfly moment in their in their stomach in relationships for example it's the same with going out uh, you know you want that uh, ah this is exciting um, and then you, you initially it's exciting so for example so house and shoreditch houses is a great you know you go there once and it's exciting and then eventually it becomes like home and that's why yeah. they call it and and that's what you want in in life you know if, some kind of excitement and some kind of a homely feeling and you combine it together and you have a, you have a perfect setting. Um, and that's what we all want in all kinds of uh, walk of life, I think, eventually. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's something else I wanted to pick your brains on as well, that um, you know, certain elements that you may consider to create a more secluded and seductive space yeah. So for the people listening, they can maybe take elements from that and then maybe incorporate that in their own interior design or some corner of the house. Um, are, are there anything, obviously lighting would be a big one. Is there anything else you could throw at us? Light and sound, yes. Um, I think uh, corners, just generally lighting up the corners with, with plants, for example, is, is mm-hmm. quite, quite, I recently did that at home. In the far right corner, I've got this big cactus-like plant and there's a yeah. light at the back and you just see like an uplighter yeah yeah like an uplight and you see that glow in the evening that's very nice um you know spotlights on um on photography or a piece of art uh, wherever it is you can buy these spotlights i bought these from amazon where you don't have to wire them you know they're just remote controlled so you can just place them wherever you they just they just excellent that's a great hack yeah, so it's a, it's a sticker. Uh, you just put it on the wall, and you know if you're in a rented accommodation, you can just take it off. Brilliant. So I think I think it's um, it, lighting is lighting up the corners. It's seductive and it's exciting, mm-hmm. um, and and sound. I think you need a everyone needs a great sound system at home um, for the music. It was crazy. I I had a client, and uh, I realized that he didn't even have a sound system in his house. I mean, I, there are people who don't have speakers at home, yes, and I don't understand how is that possible. And they're like, oh, we've got our laptops. I'm like, I mean. Good Lord. So, you know, um, 
yeah, it's uh, home. Home is quite an interesting thing because again, I got the time to do up my apartment, which I never got before. Excellent. Um, and uh, and and uh, it's quite exciting for me. I mean, to go home now, for example. But I think it's generally quite interesting how home is going to change for a lot of people, right? I mean, everyone's working from home. Yeah. London, you don't really have space to work from home. People live together. People share apartments. You know how how does that dynamic work? Uh, it's uh, it's it's an interesting one. Like all the all of the virtual infrastructure that's been adopted through this period, um, you know, to see whether that's going to stay or people are going to revert back to how it was. I mean, for instance, I have a friend of mine. He's in asset management, and they have yeah. uh, an office in the city there, and I think they fork out about one point five million a year to yeah. lease that space. And uh, the owner of that company's turned around through this period, and he goes, "Well, you've all proved that you can work from home, and the company Absolutely. can function. So we're going to make a saving of one point five million a year." <laughs> so, I mean, absolutely. So you know, that has a massive impact on hospitality, on retail, on everything. That means people are not leaving their homes for yes. five days a week, and that means people are not going to buy clothes. Uh, to to look good to go out right people are not going to go out to eat and drink and if somebody tells me the world has not changed i mean this is just one of the examples yeah and it all has a knock on effect like it massive knock on effect you're not leaving house for 5 years it has knock on effect on relationships and how you interact with kids daycare for example these crushes where you drop off your kids you don't need them anymore because you're always at home uh you really need to be living with someone i mean i have a friend a couple they were both bankers quite fascinating story they thought they loved each other and since the lockdown they've just broken up wow. because 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 they were bankers they were so busy with their lives they hardly got to spend time together right and uh, and only the weekends they were going out and having fun and splashing their cash out lockdown happened both of them in the same apartment high intensity jobs one of them was a trader and one is merchant acquisitions they were both stressed all the time and they just broke up they're like we can't do this anymore so so in terms of relationships going back to them that means we have to find people we are comfortable in spending a lot of time with because now the world has changed and we're not going to go out to work and say goodbye at 7 o'clock in the morning and <laughs> to escape our partners to escape our partners <laughs> yeah. and and in hospitality that's a big thing because people are not used to staying at home uh and when, during the lockdown our bartenders and and chefs were like Open up. We want to come. I mean, we can't stay at home. It's like <laughs> I want to get away from the missus. Exactly. Actually, I'll do anything. <laughs> actually, it's the other way around. The missus wants you to get away. Like, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's It's funny. It's, It's. you know, it's like the, when the guy, the husband leaves, the missus is happy. <laughs> like, no, I mean, the, sad, the, sad, the sad thing is, I mean, at the beginning of lockdown, I had a client that works with the police force. And, I um, mean, you know, I was doing the phone, phoning around and seeing how everyone is. And uh, what he brought to my attention at that point was that um, the increase in domestic violence. I, I go, how, how are you doing? He goes, well, yeah, we're just we're just all gearing up for the uh, the increase in domestic violence cases. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, wow, I, I, I guess that is going to happen. Yeah, and and to swing back round, um, you know, four months on, I had another client that was actually a victim of domestic violence. <laughs> And uh, he said he tried to phone the 24-hour helpline 
to try and get through to the to the to the, to the help that he needed because he, he couldn't get through. <laughs> it was that busy. Couldn't yeah. get through. Wow. And 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 how do you fix that problem? I I mean I, I don't know. I and, and you know it's again uh, I was having this conversation with someone like we are very fortunate people, people who have jobs and people who have businesses and people who have, you know, a source of income and I guess, you know, travel the world or whatever it is. But there is a large majority of people who don't have jobs anymore, who don't yeah. have any, um, any, I guess, support around them at all. And right now we are, as humans, are very selfish because we are worried about ourselves, about our health. It's about me. It's about my mask. It's about my body. It's about everything. It's about me. But thinking about the general public and a wide, wider uh, effect of all of this, we haven't even scratched the surface. I yeah. mean, this is not even started. Domestic violence is always quite heavy in lower-income families, lower- to mid-income families, right? And those are the families who will be affected by this the most. Uh, how do you fix that problem? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's a very challenging time. Um, as you said, it, it's pulling people together or it's pulling them apart. I mean, um, you don't even know what's happening right now. It's <laughs> Exactly. Hmm. What has been... Um, so, personal question, and I mean, what what is what now are you we're talking? <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this business. I knew, I knew that was coming. <laughs> what has been your best dating experience? You know, as someone that creates experiences, you know, on on a personal level, you know, what experience have you had, and you took something away from you? Wow, that was that was something special. That environment. I th- in, uh, environment is uh, is to do with, with is is to do with the person. Um, yeah, I agree. Most of the times, uh, if you are, uh, and I, I guess you probably know this more than I do, uh, but our expectations from that person change uh, as we as we get older or younger. Age wise, it's very different, right? Mm. I remember in my twenties. Uh, for me, it was uh, it was all about you know a continuous um, adrenaline of excitement with the person. Um, it it needs to be something is going to be happening. We've got to be traveling. We've got to be doing this. We got and it was just it, it was just there. I, I I can't even describe the feeling. Yeah. Uh, as we get older, especially you know I'm thirty seven. Uh, you, you're looking for. Excitement at times, which is very important, of course, but you're also looking for comfort uh, mm-hmm. because comfort um, is what, in the end, um, I think sustains, which converts. It. I mean, I look at my parents, for example. There wasn't sparks. There wasn't excitement. There was ups and downs in excitement. They're to- they've been together for 43 years. So I think yeah. it's a great example for me to look at. They've had their problems. They've fought with each other in front of us, all of that. But in the end, they have been together because when they are together, there is this sense of comfort, there is a sense of family. Um, and that's why we as kids have become who we have become and we are close to each other. And, and the family was successful. So I think uh, my dating experience in the last 10 years has been very different uh, if I have to answer your question, it depends at the stage of life I'm in and what I feel comfortable in. Um, 
I remember in my when I when I turned 30, I was in a long-term relationship, six years long, and and at 30, a guy is like quite a boy in, in a way, right? He's he's just he doesn't know what to do, and he just wants something different and something prettier and something more exciting. And I remember I broke that relationship um, because of that fact. Mm. And now looking back, um, you know, it was it was just because I was in that age. And in that age, you are um, a kid at times um, and you pay a heavy price for it. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, it, it changes uh, w- with time. Uh, I can't give you one example of, of a great dating experience. No, I think I think it's a very valid point. Um, you know, I think when we we are younger, we are looking for a certain level of intensity, yes. almost. And then yeah. you know, as as life starts start sort of taking shape, and you know, you start uh, getting your routine together, and 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 your aspirations are, are look like they're they're forming. Yeah, you need a bit more comfort. Yeah. Yes. Think, so, uh, no, I def- think definitely, so. and and also yeah, taking that reference of the parents, um, you know, and, and I think I think we're too hard on ourselves. Like, oh, everything has to be perfect all the time. But if we remind ourselves, if we, if you if you're fortunate enough to have a a reference of your parents and see how many much ups and downs they had and how many years they've lasted, and that's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's like we live in a world where the options are unlimited. And Instagram is one of the reasons why it's so screwed up with the dating life. You're always looking at pretty things, beautiful things. You always think, you know, this is this is the real world. This is what I... You're always aspiring for something better. Uh, but you forget what we have and what we can have uh, is also beautiful. And we can nurture it. And I think nurturing a relationship is very... I mean, again, this is your department. But yeah. nurturing a relationship is very important. And you look at you. I look at my parents, and all their lives they've nurtured, and I and they are happy now. Um, you know, they don't have any divorces. They don't have any 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 problems as such, which could affect their children, for example, or the wider family in a very negative way. Uh, they are. We are very close. So, quite important to keep that in mind. I think. Yeah, I think you know when it's just so much choice, no decisions are really made. And I think the e- the easiest thing is is to just swipe right. The easiest thing is to move on to the next one, have a hissy fit, and go. Oh, well, there's plenty more. I can just get another one off the conveyor belt. But that's the easiest thing, you know. I encourage people to challenge themselves and actually weather the storm and actually try and work through the issues because uh, it becomes something more meaningful. Yeah. Or you can just keep swiping right, and all your life would become uh, big swipe right. <laughs> And like, in the end, you'll be left with nothing. It's like sitting at the sushi belt and just, yeah, I, I love that one. <laughs> I love that one. But it's, it's the same with business. You know, like mm. uh, it, people come to me with hundreds of ideas and they're like, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? And I was like, I know something and I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to, you know, work towards it. And once I realize that this is not my cup of tea, then I'm going to move on. But even if it's 5%, 10%, 20%, because I'm so passionate about it, and if you are passionate about something or someone, you work towards it until you lose your passion, and then you move on. But if you're continuously looking for the next business or next person or next 
then you will be, yeah, you will always be in a transit, transitional mode and transit mode. You would never um, enjoy those moments you have. I think it's really interesting what you're saying. And I, I'm a firm believer in like, there's a lot of stuff that I teach in regards to helping people connect and helping, build, help, helping people build relationships that just instantly transfers over into the working world. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I find people who have uh, their own businesses, uh, you know, and are entrepreneurs are always more passionate uh, at, in love too. And, 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 and vice versa, like, uh, you know, people who have a healthy relationship and are entrepreneurs are very passionate at work and they, they succeed and they thrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why I say every, you know, every person, I'd say every person has another person behind them. And it's very true. Like I perform much better if I'm in a relationship and the relationship is happy. Uh, if I'm single, it's a different story. But if a relationship is not happy, my work really gets impacted because I'm a passionate person. And that yeah. passion gets transferred over from people to business environments. And I always look at it, it, it it's a, you know, again, passionate people can't leave work at home, sorry, work at work and, and go home and say, well, this is my home life. And this, they carry over, they, they live in this. 100%. You know, and now with working from home, everyone is going to be like that, basically. You can't just shut your laptop down and say, oh, well, I've left work. It's It's there. Yeah. So, so you have to uh, you have to understand that you know people around you would be affected by you, and and it's 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 a brave new world. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know uh, how dating is going to change in this world uh, because people are scared to kiss. You cough twice, so I'm not going to kiss you. I'm not going to come close to you. Like it's quite quite fascinating. So what happens then? You know, a uh, lady comes around Seb's house. Uh-huh. You know, here's, here's, here's a man that, you know, knows the restaurant game. He's got a few tricks up his sleeve. What what dishes and drinks are you going to pull out? What, what you, how are you, how you going to woo, woo the, uh, the candidate? I mean, she's, she's already in my home, so I think she's wooed already. Uh, <laughs> that's one thing. You're pointing uh, the light at the plant in the corner. Yeah, I think you, <laughs> you start with the light and the sound. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, I, I mean, food-wise, it'll be, uh, I'm not going to cook. I think it's just easier to order. But I will, you know, drinks-wise, yes. So I'm disappointed in that. I, no, I no, wanted no, you to come out with a dish. I mean, we, you can, but you've got a plan for it. I mean, if this was a spontaneous, like, you know, let's end the night there. Yeah. Uh, I, think, um, I think food and drinks... I'm starting really to see matter. how you work now. <laughs> <laughs> I think food and drink doesn't really matter at that point. It's more about the light and sound, to be honest. And, and clean sheets. And clean sheets. We, of course. That's of funny course. you say that. I'm building an online course at the moment, and uh, we were talking about the bachelor pad. I'm writing the tips on how to set up the bachelor pad. So everything you've said is all, is all in there. It's all in there. <laughs> Works, trust me. <laughs> um. What, what I wanted to ask you as well, um, and it's something I ask everyone that, that I, I interview, is, you know, if you had to host a dinner party, yeah, and you could have guests past and present, uh, who, who, who would you invite? So I'll, I'll just have dinner with Pink Floyd. Yeah. And I will, uh, yeah, and I will you, just, you're that uh, big of a fan. I'm, I'm a huge yeah, fan yeah. of Pink Floyd. Wow. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just try and get them together and do a gig. 
That would be work. Yeah. If you can do that, work. I mean, you, you've got some very good social skills. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, they did that for Live Aid, right? So, yes, you they know, did. maybe they do that for the pandemic. I don't know. But seeing them together singing would be a dream come oh, true. Amazing. Um, and yeah. putting their ego aside, and, you know, they can do a song of each. So, you know, but they did that. And so I think um, that would be my dream dinner uh, party, to be honest. I mean, that, that is a rabbit hole of a conversation to jump down that in itself. You, you know, when yeah. you've got like a team, that have, when they're together, they, they know they can create a beautiful thing. Um, and the thing they can create is, is higher than them. It's higher than their ego. Yeah, larger, um, la- larger than words. Uh, the thing they do together is bigger than, uh, bigger than yes. Yes. And um, have you ever had to, yeah, this is, this is a good one. I mean, you know, in terms of managing a team, have you ever had to like diffuse conflict and it w- yeah, within okay. within a team? Okay. And and what what what's the kind of what's your approach to that? So conflict, there are two co- types of conflicts. There's a creative conflict, which luckily I don't need to have because I I'm the creative director of the business, so I don't need to do that. So I can mediate that mm-hmm. quite easily. Uh, but that is a big subject when you have a co-founder, for example. So if you are two or three people working on a project and you disagree on certain things. Because you're co-founders, you have, uh, you know, an, uh, an equal say. Uh, so it becomes very hard. So I think the solution to that one is to define very clearly who is the creative person, who is the operational person, who is this and who is that. So the responsibility sits with someone, even if you are co-owners of the business. So you define lines, define clear lines. So that's that. And then within the teams, mm-hmm. so for example, bars, restaurants or, you know, office teams, there's, there's always an element of conflict. Um, it, I think you've got to just let everyone say their bit and be very structured about it uh, and sit down and, and, you know, go through the pros and cons of what they, everyone has talked. So mediation is quite important. Sulking is yeah. not. So if you've got a problem, just say it out to your manager or someone and somebody will look at it. If you sulk, there would be a point where you would just, oh, I don't like it anymore. And you just walk out or you will just quit or you'll be fired. So I think it's very important to talk about things, uh, not mm-hmm. to let things uh, just continue as they are or as they were. Um, same with relationships. Again, uh, don't sulk. Uh, you yeah. know, if you've got a problem with someone, if you've got a concern with your partner or with your potential partner, talk, talk, talk. Talking is very important. Um, and, you know, and at some point, if you need mediation, that's okay too, right? Um, couples do that all the time, especially if you're married. Somebody yeah. comes in and sorts out your problem. These problems are very small as compared to the connection or the or the love or whatever you have between you guys. Uh, and that's what you have to savor um, and not bogged down by small little problems uh, which which might come along the way. I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, do, you, do you read a lot, Seb? I used to. to read a lot? I used to. I used to. Ah. But, yeah. I, I just I just read finished reading uh, Ray Dalio's book Principles. Um, right. He was a hedge fund manager at Bridgewater, and yeah, that's that's why I kind of went in that direction because something I took away that really resonated with me is is that fact of just like putting your ego to to one side and and having other people that make you more accountable, even if you are at the top of the the business and it's your business. You know, that's where yeah. like having like a members on the board or you know co-founders. Uh, can be quite useful. Yeah, I mean, it, you have to learn from everyone. So I'm looking for a charger. Uh, 
Mm. I didn't realize oh, how much. Low. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how much battery this is going to take. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I think look, look. I mean, even I, which is a very creative business, I'm in, and it's you know, I started this, and it's my, it's always been my my kind of brain which t- tells me these things at night that I should create restaurants. So it's a pretty. Uh, crazy experience when I am thinking of a, of a new idea uh, or, 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 or whatever it is. But e- even then, I listen to people who have something to say and they, 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 not necessarily, you know, chairmen or board of directors. It could be anyone because in the end, we do business not for ourselves. We create these things for other people, be it, I don't know, drinks, clothes, bags, whatever it is. You know, it's not a vanity mm-hmm. thing. We do it for mm-hmm. other people. Yes, we have a vision, but that vision needs to resonate with what other people want. And those other people are not only your co-founders or your board directors. They are people, general public. So listen to everyone. You can dismiss 99% of the things, but there's this 1% which you will take on board. And it's probably because of that 1% your business is going to be successful because you listened to your mm-hmm. customer. And I think that's very important. Yeah. And if, the more creative you are, the more arrogant and egoistic you become in your business and in your personal life, funny enough. But you have to listen to other people all the time because it is not only about you. It's about the people around you in relationships and in work. I, I, I love that. And I, that just brings me back to the moment where you, you invited me and my girlfriend at the time to ABQ there in, in, in Hackney. And um, after going, you know, you was very quick to ask what our opinion was. Um, yeah, you were, you were just searching for that feedback loop straight away because that was the critical thing for you. You know, without the feedback, you can't improve and make changes where necessary. And Absolutely. I think that's something that we all need to be stronger in our personal relationships. I mean, something that I advise is if a relationship's come to an end, you just go, look, listen, I can... I can appreciate it and work out between you and I, but at what point did you realize it was over? Getting that feedback loop, taking the lessons so you can grow for the next opportunity, moving forward. Yeah, I I broke up. My last relationship was two years ago. And this week, last week, I actually got in touch with my ex and I said, I want to talk to you about something. For the feedback? Yeah. And I was like, I want to understand at what point did that relationship turn sour for you and for me? And I want to tell you when it turned sour for me and for you. Excellent. So that I don't let it happen again. That's it. I, and I don't want, because I waste, not wasted, but, you know, I, it was very important three years of my life. Um, and, uh, you know, especially again in my age, in any, you know, after 35 or after 30s, it's a very important yeah. time for you. You cannot waste these very important moments of your life. So I want to understand what happened. And if something I can abstain, like abstain next time or avoid next time, I will. And it's, it's, it's very important. Um, Excellent. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a direct, like as we're talking about what's so transferable, what the lessons we have in our personal life and in business, you're asking the same question. Absolutely. For the same, for the same improvements. Excellent. Absolutely. So for entrepreneurs, especially business and, and, and personal life is so connected. Yeah. So this becomes even more important. Yeah. Okay. Last question, Seb. Um, yes. Because you, you didn't give me what I wanted earlier. You thought, I'll, I'll order, a, order a takeout. But like, if you were on death row, okay? Oh, uh, yeah. 
All yeah. right, Seb, look, you're, you're about to go. What, what is your last meal? What are you going to go for? I, I, so I cook a very good steak. I don't know why. Uh, there we so go. I, I would cook a steak and I would have a glass of red wine. Uh, the same things which yeah. I don't. Any preference uh, on the wine? So I, I mean, it's, it's always a red left bank from Bordeaux. Um, yeah. I'll have 1982, okay. but that's my year of birth. Why not? Really? <laughs> Excellent. So, is there anything else that we just got a few more minutes and just conscious of the time? Is there anything no, no, else no. that you, you think, want to share with the audience? No, I think we had a great. I, I think uh, we should we should hang out more. I mean, we're not that far. I think you're in London. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I, I, I'm really happy we we put this time together because I feel like yeah. I've really got to know you a lot better. Uh, ask some real, you know, some proper questions, and uh, it's been a highly enjoyable conversation. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was. I think my takeaway from this was how we somehow connected the working environment, the passions we have at work, with the passion we have in our personal life, and yeah. how important it is to, you know, that feedback loop of communicating and talking to each other, and and and. Uh, it, you know, it's just, it just made it so clear for me after this conversation. Like, if I was to jump from one business idea to another business idea to another business idea, I would never be successful. I am successful at what I do. It's because I put my heart and soul into it, even though I did not love the industry as such. But I, there was something which attracted me towards the industry, and I felt I can do, I can, I can, I can be here, and this is my space. And, yeah. and I felt almost comf- I felt the comfort of uh, being in this space. So same with relationships. If we keep on, and, and I have done that too, and I do that, even now I do that, you know, one thing to another thing to another thing. And it's just not, it's, it's not healthy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not emotionally healthy. It's not physically healthy. And, and, and I, I felt that myself. So I think that connection which we made is priceless. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so awesome. And when when do are you open now? We're open. So please come. We're Excellent. Open. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So so you've got all five. Uh, there are three floors. floors and they, three floors. Up, 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 yeah. There's three floors. There's an espresso martini bar where I'm sitting right now. There's a terrace. Yeah. There's the new restaurant opening. The Blessley's in the basement. We've got an outdoor area to Hackney has a, a new terrace outside. A new new pizza place. Yeah, uh, an espresso martini bar uh, upstairs, and, um, and then we'll go back. <laughs> you got a prospect on the beach. <laughs> I've, I've got, I've got, I've got. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Caro. And um, so, yeah, so we're open. The London sites are open. Paris is open. So, yeah, we're open for business, and we've got cocktails we can get at home. Yes. Um, yeah. We are. We are lollipop.co.uk. We bottle these cocktails here with garnishes. And we send them over to you uh, all over the UK. So you can have a house party, basically. Excellent. So if you don't want to come out, you can order the cocktails. And that's the beautiful thing that's come out of lockdown. And that's, that's, that's here to stay now, right? Yes, yes. It's going to stay and grow. Uh, Excellent. We have, a, we have a plan for that, yeah. Brilliant. Well done, Seb. Seb, listen, thank you well, for then. sharing your time with us. I've probably enjoyed Pleasure. it. And um, yeah, we'll definitely catch up uh, in the coming weeks for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks cool. for inviting me. To you. Awesome. God bless. Bye bye. Well, there you go, guys. I mean, wow. I really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, Seb is a phenomenal entrepreneur. Uh, his mindset um, just 
freely displayed there his 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 way of thinking is pure genius um wow awesome conversation guys every tuesday i bring on uh, my extended family friends acquaintances people that i've met on my journey to share their story and give you some value so check this space out every tuesday you might uh you might be educated on, on something that you you thought that you might be educated on something that of, of value to you okay and if you ever got any problems with your dating life your social life you know where i am it's johnny cassell here at london dating coach all right guys have a good afternoon well good evening now uh god bless and take care Hi guys, if you enjoyed the content, why not head over to my YouTube channel and hit subscribe. If you want to send me a message directly, head on over to my Instagram, London Dating Coach, where you can contact me directly.